And welcome back to another edition of the Profit Roadmap. I'm Barry Plessy alongside Cody Owen, as always. Really excited to bring uh, another edition of the Profit Roadmap to you. We have a return guest. There's going to be a lot of return guests, and we're really excited <laughs> about uh, all of our guests, whether they're returning or with us for the first time. We're always trying to bring you a different take, a different angle, looking at things from a different point of view. And uh, we have welcomed, we have decided to welcome back our own human resources uh, champion here at Service Autopilot, Jess Winsett. Jess, thank you again for joining us. Uh, we've got a awesome topic, I think. Uh, it's pretty awesome because I thought of it, so automatically <laughs> makes it great. Um, but I think it's a really valuable question. So the, the question is, we talked a lot about hiring and finding the right fit last time with your employees and creating a great environment. But let's talk about the nightmare that is in every manager, every owner's back of the head every time they're sitting in an interview. This could happen. So you have the perfect candidate. They sit down. They knock every question out of the ballpark. Everything sounds right. They're really genuine. And it seems their experience checks out. Their references check out. It's beautiful. Nothing could be more perfect. And then all of a sudden, two, three weeks in, this guy or gal is just struggling. It is not working out. You're getting complaints from all ends. Nothing's getting figured out. What do you do? <laughs> you wait for them to come into the office. You walk up to them and you say, you're through. Get your things out of my truck. <laughs> say hello to your wife and children and never talk to me again. <laughs> the the, uh, the adieu to the family is a really nice touch there, Cody. And because we're firing you due to gross incompetence, oh, gosh. you're not entitled to any severance pay. Wow, that's that's fantastic, Cody. Wow. I like um, to come down with an iron fist. I think people appreciate directness. I, I think there's yes, I think I think there's something to be said about being direct, but I think there's also opportunities. I don't know, Jess. Let's hear from you. So, like, f like first things first. Like, what? Where do we like when this is the situation when the nightmare has come true, mm -hmm. and everything? What is? What are some of the first steps uh, an employer or manager can take to? try to even resolve rectify before you know we just go with cody right. go with cody and you Whoa, know no second chances <laughs> <laughs> i uh respectfully disagree with you cody but um i think first things it's first good to know he'll have a job when he walks out today so that's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> well i think what the first thing first what you really need to do is um where is this information coming from um, is this something you're witnessing firsthand? Is this coming from a coworker, another colleague? Because um, you always need to investigate it. Usually there's more to the story than what you're getting. Um, but if it is something you're witnessing firsthand, um, you definitely need to have a conversation with them. Don't want to delay that at all. It needs to be a conversation that you have pretty quickly. Um, try to avoid chit chat, get right to it. It's going to be obviously an awkward conversation, but it's something that definitely needs to happen. What's a tip to kind of get through that awkwardness? I mean, like, what's a good icebreaker without, again, getting into too much chit chat, like you said? What's a good way to kind of get right to it? Get right to it. I, what I always do is just go straight to the point because usually, whenever there is an issue, they know about it, right? So they know you're calling them in for a reason, there's something going on. Um, so just say, hey, what I like to do, I think, is a good icebreaker is just say, hey, this is not going to be a fun conversation, but it's something that needs to happen. So that usually helps them out a little bit. 
Do you hear that, Cody? That's what you're going to be hearing. So <laughs> this isn't going to be a fun conversation. This going to be a fun but, conversation. Uh, clean out your desk. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. <laughs> wow. Okay. So let's let's take it from a different perspective here, Jess. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's so you've witnessed it firsthand. Really good. Get direct. Get to the point. You know, just cut it all out and, and get right to it. What mm-hmm. uh, what are the, but before we get to actually to another perspective on that. I, I want to hear one more follow up on this particular subject. So you've witnessed it. You cut the. You know. You break the ice. Mm-hmm. What what um, what are some things that can be said to kind of that initial that initial point of contact as far as helping them pr- improve perhaps or making them aware of the situation, right? So that they can, so that they may be aware of it, but now they need to take action. Exactly. I mean, especially with the situation this is a new hire this is somebody who's new to the organization they're not familiar with any of the processes we have a great training program here but there's always questions that you can ask that can at least allude to the fact of why there might be an issue um first one being you know is the role what you expected it to be is there something maybe that they don't understand about their role was there something we weren't clear about in the job description um are they feeling challenged? Or are they just bored? Um, there's a few things that you can do. That's definitely a good one. Um, do they have the tools necessary to do the job? That's a pretty basic question, but you'd be surprised how many employees will say, actually, I could use this or this would be really helpful to me. And they might just be frustrated because they don't have what they need to be successful in their position. With, I think those are great questions. Like, do you have the right tools that are successful? Like, and so there's a really great angle that you can go with that, depending on how they answer each question. Mm-hmm. And you can hopefully, hopefully, this is the first and the last conversation you have. Exactly. And you're able to cut to, you know, cut right to. Can it. we can we roll back just to a second before we start asking these questions? Yeah. Because uh, there's something in your notes that I think is really important. We don't want to speculate about what their performance issue is, right? And can you talk about why we don't want to do that? Exactly. Um, Well, you never want to do that. Um, For example, if you ask an employee if they're depressed, which is something you never want to do, then they potentially have a perceived disability claim under the ADA. Um, It's always good to just approach that as, is there anything that I can do to help you or that we as a company can do to help you instead of speculating as to what the issue is? That's... Mm -hmm really, really important. I'm glad you brought that up. So if they disclose an issue like that to you, mm-hmm. what what does your response need to look like? Like if they tell you, well, I'm you know suffering with clinical depression and that's why my job performance is lacking. Yeah. How would you respond to that? Well, I think that that issue would need to be investigated a little bit more. You need to go to get certain documentation from doctors, figure out what a reasonable accommodation for that would be because Truly, you could have five people come tell you the same thing, and what you do for each person is probably going to be different. Mm-hmm. So, again, it really just depends on the situation. Okay. What about so? Again, the, on that same note of not speculating, the you know, not speculating, there is mm-hmm. a there is another situation that could arise in this regard. A colleague or a coworker comes to you telling you that the new hire is not up to snuff, that is mm-hmm. not performing. What are some danger zones that a that employer or manager needs to stay away from and what are some ways that they can go after this this type of situation for example if they're saying this person isn't doing what they're supposed to it's your job to go in and investigate that and see if that's true or if sometimes most of the time there could just be a bias involved maybe somebody has some issues they think somebody's brought in and maybe being paid a little bit more there could be certain things there that 
you didn't think about initially. So you need to think about that. Maybe this person too has more of a senior level job title and you've been with the company for five years and now they're bringing in this person. So you really need to look at everything. It's it's really never just one-sided. Well, and a lot of our, the people listening have the kind of company where you kind of hire after you've sold the work uh, and you end up kind of chasing, trying to fill that. And so you might be taking away overtime from someone who was getting it before. Right. And now they're like, well, if this person exactly. was gone, I'd go back to making more money. Exactly. What about job reassignment? That's something that I was interested in thinking about. So again, the situation, a couple situations you brought up and the one that Cody mm-hmm. brings up is that it's 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 butting heads with a fellow coworker and that where they're not necessarily working together. It's not necessarily that either one is poor at their job, but it could mm-hmm. be the fact that they're butting heads. What is your personal stance on from your perspective on reassigning a new hire too quickly or quickly? Mm-hmm. Well, again, I think that you need to try to resolve the issue between the employees, if at all possible, first. And that might require a couple of informal discussions, maybe a counseling session with them, because if you think back on it, you hired this person for a certain role, right? And you obviously thought they would be do a good job in that position. So if you've exhausted all other resources um, and you feel that, one, there's a business need to add an employee to a different department, we have a need for that somewhere else, and you think they might get along better with the group of people that's over there, I think that, you know, that's absolutely something that you can look into. I also want to make sure with the person that you're, with the employee that you're going to be reassigning, that they're wanting to go into that position as well or that department and start because their role is probably going to change a little bit depending on where they move to. Let's go back a little bit to one of the things that you brought up too is um, one of the questions that you can ask them when you're kind of confronting them. And mm-hmm. one of them, one of the questions is, are you, tra- is the training that, is there any additional training that you need to be successful? I've always found this question interesting um, and we get asked it quite a bit here at Service Autopilot, which yeah. I think is a great thing. I think it's a very interesting question because Prior to working here, I never, I was never asked that. Um, And I don't think that's necessarily uh, a a bag on, you know, a negative point against my former employers, but I think it's a very big plus for a place like Service Autopilot. And I think it's something that needs to be brought up in more workplaces. Absolutely. Um, It's definitely a place you can be proactive rather than reactive. You don't have to wait for there to be a problem to ask this question. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I've been, I've, well, I don't get in trouble too often, but um, I have. uh, There's in Jess's office at least once a week. Yeah. But we're usually talking about horses or or something (laughs) or you know, beer. I mean, we have other interests other than her just yelling at me because I'm a terrible employee. <laughs> Jess, before you have difficult conversations, you don't have to do chit chat. You can cut that out. <laughs> right. It's already an awkward conversation. I'm start taking my per own your, advice. Per your advice. <laughs> but, um, but the training question is, is pretty valid because I think that, I think there are a lot of times where employees don't feel like they necessarily know how to do the job. So they're trying to do it as best as possible. However, Mm -hmm. if they just received a little bit more education, they could do it a little bit better. Cody made a great point earlier that it is a very proactive way of going about it. How often would you ask this question, not just to a troubled employee, but to your your, your employees in general uh, over the course of a year? Yeah. Um, Well, we do check-ins here with all of our new hires, and that is a question that I ask every single person. So we make sure we get those done. We actually do them at the end of their very first week. 
Um, that's a critical time, too. They're getting accustomed to everything. And usually if they have concerns, that's when they're going to bring it up then. Um, we also follow up with 30-day reviews and then um, going on to the year. But that's that's a question that I would ask every new hire that came in. It's it's really important, especially if you're looking at specifically what our company does. There's a lot, so it would be beneficial. Well, and even if they don't have an idea of what they need at the end of that first week, you're showing the culture of your company and opening that door and they right. know that they can come back later and say like, hey, actually, you know, I didn't know at the time, but now I know, you know, I'm not super hot with a weed eater. I need a little help. Can you show me how to do that? Exactly. Uh, and you're framing it in a way that it doesn't feel like a failure to come right. and ask for training. Mm-hmm. Okay. So can we talk about, we've we've talked to this employee and let's say that they've said, uh, you know, pretty much no to all of these questions. They haven't given an answer that explains the, mm-hmm. the problems that they're having. How do we handle that conversation after that point? So if their answer to all of these is no, um, then you really need to be specific with them about what they're lacking in their performance. General uh, generalities don't provide guidance at all, so you need Do to better. be <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> be better, man. Hashtag throw a hashtag in front of it too. Right. Hashtag be better. <laughs> so you need to be specific and say this is what you're doing. This is what we want to see you doing. For example, if somebody is let's just say taking too long of a lunch, that's a really easy one. Hey, we noticed that you were leaving at 11, coming back at 2 o'clock. Um you need to make sure that you're taking that just the hour time frame for lunch um 11 to 2 my word yeah that's what we call the executive executive lunch, lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly so just always being specific as possible um with everything that you can be so you can actually give them objective things to work on so that they can improve what are some things to avoid in this conversation after, they, as Cody said, as they've said no to all of these and you're mm-hmm. having the hard talk, what are some things to actually avoid? Uh, using absolutes is probably the biggest one. For example, you never say, or you, there's a saying that you always avoid always and never say never, because if there's one thing to the contrary of that, then what you've said is no longer accurate. Um, and so, they'll dismiss the whole of it. Right. Yeah. If you give exactly. somebody an out. Right. So it's, it's better to say almost always or you almost never do something instead of using absolutes. That's that's a huge one. I love that. Uh, if if <clears throat> I love in Jess's notes when she's explaining this part, her next paragraph starts with the word always. <laughs> that's that that's truly fantastic. That is the, that is the very dish definition of irony. <laughs> yes. So, uh, but but I think you bring a good point in uh, with mm-hmm. with that uh, that air in in judgment of using that word <laughs> you bring up do a great point by saying uh, avoid focusing on the intent when you're speaking to the employee because you never want to insult them by saying something like you're 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 never not trying right or you're almost never trying it even with the the, the buffer of the word almost right. in there that's that's that can be pretty detrimental to the to the business uh, to the employer employee relationship can you explain exactly. that a little bit yeah it's definitely a morale crusher if you are actually trying and you're just not good at it exactly exactly and from a legal standpoint too with that you know you you're not you can't ever prove intent ever as much as you want to you can't so that just goes on you know making sure that you're always being objective as possible the only exception is if the employee says to you i am not trying (laughs) (laughs) correct (laughs) I mean, it's just, I mean, is it possible to, 
I mean, it is possible that someone's just terrible at their job, right? I mean, it's possible, but from, I think, especially from an HR standpoint, there's always things that you can do. Your biggest job is to enable somebody to succeed. You can't will it for them. They're going to have to have that on your own, but it's my job and manager's job to make sure that you're enabling them too. That's probably the biggest word there. I'm going to throw a curveball in here. So like say in your experience, has this ever happened where you've hired someone and it's just ended up and it comes back, you're having the conversations with them and it just, they're, it just, no, it, they just terrible at their job. And it, I mean, what has that ever happened to you? Yes. Like, and, and that's happened. And, <laughs> Let's get and, a yes. name, address, <laughs> phone number. Bear, what's your address? No. Whoa. <laughs> you didn't hire me. Wait a second. Wait, hold on. Hold the phone. Time out. No, but okay. So that, so that's happened. I mean, what, um, <laughs> what do you do? I mean, what, I mean, so all, you, you've gone through this process, mm-hmm. you've, you've had these questions, you've had these hard, tough conversations Right now to try and prove. So like, what's the, what's the next step? Is it just yeah. goodbye? See you later. Thanks for, thanks for, thanks for not trying or never trying or almost <laughs> never trying or whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's a really good question. Once you move past the informal discussion stage, things has to, things have to be a little bit more formal for employers that already have a handbook in place and if you do have a progressive discipline policy it's really important that you're following the guidelines that you're setting forth for employees Um, so that would be the first thing i would look at and then you're going to have to move into the more formal stage which is going to be actually putting somebody on a performance improvement plan um, giving them certain number of days pip that's right um giving them time i put on one of those in college so really yeah. That usually happens when you've got a GPA that's in the negatives. <laughs> I didn't have a negative GPA. Before we get too far off subject here, because mm-hmm. that's what we like to do sometimes, let's talk about probably the last thing on everything's mind. So it's mm-hmm. not job performance. They don't <clears throat> suck. Okay. It's It comes down to the fact that they don't get along with their fellow employees. You're not too wild about the guy or gal either. Right. And... When it comes down to just being what we what we would deem, I guess, a culture fit. Mm-hmm. What are some steps you can take to squeeze that peg, that square peg into a round hole? Or um, should you or, send it to a square peg company? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, I think that if that does happen, you do need to have a conversation with the employee and just let them know that these are your expectations regarding behavior and that. You know, our culture, our company values don't align with what they're currently exhibiting. So, of course, still, again, want to give them that opportunity. And if it persists, then you probably do need to go on your separate ways. What's a good example that you've seen in your experience where someone, you know, was a good employee, Mm -hmm. but wasn't necessarily fitting in? Because fitting in isn't exactly, it's not like, you know, example here at the table where you know cody and i don't fit in the same necessarily let's just say social groups but we work well together uh, despite our differences really cool and trendy and bears an old fuddy duddy yeah get off my lawn <laughs> dude stop it anyway so like that's a per- that's a perfect example of it so mm-hmm. like what's what's you know that's when people think of fit people think of that like oh people aligning along the same you know thought process they agree on things and things like that but when we say a good fit what does that necessarily mean or what should that mean from an employer employee standpoint 
Yeah, I think really you have to look at the company and what's important to you. I know that, you know, our values here um, are really important to us. And say, for example, somebody's passing blame onto somebody else. That's not something that, you know, we value here at Service Autopilot. And you need to, of course, let them know that that's not our culture here and they need to change their ways. Sometimes people are just hardwired to be that way. And um Again, you just need to have a conversation with them and let them know that's not acceptable. Follow-up question on letting someone go because mm-hmm. of a culture fit issue. So Texas is a right-to-work state, so we can pretty much fire anyone at will at any time. But if you're in a state with a little more stringent rules there that's not a right-to-work state, mm-hmm. how, what does that look like for those people? Truly, it's the same, um, even if it's not here in Texas, because regardless of the decision that you're making, you have to have documentation for everything. Texas is a right-to-work state, but you're always going to have somebody that might come back and file a claim against you for, you know, enter claim here, age discrimination, gender, whatever. Um, So you always need to make sure that you have your documentation. So we're documenting these issues Mm -hmm. way back, like even before we start the informal conversation with the employee, we should have documented the behavior issues. Exactly. Even even if it's just a log to yourself that say, you know, on this date, this person did this. And then, of course, you need to have a more formal discussion with them saying, this is what you're doing right now. This is what we want you to be doing. We expect you to do it by this time because giving them that opportunity to improve is really important, especially if something ever does go to court. Something uh, caught my attention in your notes, uh, Jess, and I was wondering to know, uh, you said uh, one of the things you mentioned was not mentioned, but one of the things you mentioned to us before before coming on was that you can't turn a blind eye or even rationalize off cultured behavior, uh, even if they're even if they are excellent at their job. Why? Right. Why? I'm going to ask the dumb question. Why not? Because it's com- it's toxic. It's completely toxic to your entire company. There's there's nothing that you can. There's not there's no way to improve. You'll be stronger if you decide to make the hard decision and end up having what you need in order to let them go. Wow, that's, I mean, that's... It's been a pleasure working with you. (laughs) I'm really sorry. (laughs) Don't let the door hit you on the way out. I'll say it again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, Jess, we really appreciate you uh, coming out and uh, chumming it up with us a little bit and uh, talking about a very serious subject when it comes to... Using that word again, I don't know what it means. Go ahead, continue. Being, Being chums... Okay, whatever, dude. I thought anyway. we fought a war to not use words like that anymore. Jess, we really appreciate you being professional and <laughs> talking to us today um, about something that is actually a very important issue. And it, and it, it is the nightmare that every employer thinks of. They, they Even when they, they hire someone, they're, they're, they're risking a lot when they hire somebody. Right. Even when they... You know, there's a lot of times where they they know if they don't necessarily have the best idea, but they need to fill a spot and it doesn't work out. They're like, oh, well, you know, that, yeah. you know, saw this one coming. Right. But it's the nightmare situation when you don't see it coming. Right. And um, and I mean, this happens more times than not more than you would think, because when you hire someone, you, you think it's going to work out. Yeah. And so it's unfortunately Hopefully you're not hiring people that you don't think are going to work out. Well, no, like I said, the I mean, situation does get, the, the situation does come up when you're like, you know, you kind of just need to fill a you spot. Might be desperate, yeah, right. and you fill it, and you're like, I don't feel 100. percent So when it doesn't f- work out, yeah. you don't feel. I think as we bad. have some lawn care millionaire stuff from Jonathan where he talks about how it would be better to fire some underperforming clients than to hire someone that you're not excited about. Yeah, 
Oh, good call. You should find that and put that in the show notes. Yeah. Homework assignment number one. <laughs> All right. Uh, guys, thanks for listening to The Profit Roadmap. We will see you next week. We'll see you next time. Do you know where your business is going? If you're comfortable, if you're sitting atop a growth plateau, I want you to know something. Businesses can't sit still. If you're not growing, breaking down walls, and building your dream business, then your business is dying. You need directions and goals. This November, join us and hundreds of service entrepreneurs to learn how to break through your barriers and build your dream business. Go to serviceautopilot.com forward slash SA5.